If you're looking to get rich quick on a steady paycheck with an endlessly jam-packed schedule, best to avoid the book I'm going to talk to you about today. If you want to feel as rich as I do every day, listen along to this very special episode of The Hearth of Sapbush Hollow. Welcome to the Hearth of Sapbush Hollow, chronicles and lessons from a life tied to family, community, and the land. I'm Shannon Hayes, and I operate Sapbush Hollow Farm with three generations of my family in the northern Catskill Mountains of upstate New York. I'm the chef owner of Sapbush Cafe, a farm-to-table and neighbor-to-neighbor experience open Saturdays 9 to 2 in our tiny hamlet of West Fulton. And I'm also the author of a few books, including Radical Homemakers, The Grass-Fed Gourmet, and my newest title, Redefining Rich, which is due out from Ben Bella Books, August 10th, and which is the subject of today's special podcast. This week, I'm taking a break from my weekly essays to read an excerpt from the preface of Redefining Rich. My hope is that you'll be curious enough about the book to help me with its launch. In order to get the book to show up prominently in search rankings, I need advanced sales. In order to get widespread attention, I need grassroots word of mouth help. If you can pre-order the book and or join the launch team to help with this, I'd be deeply grateful. So listen to the end to find out about the launch team details. I hope you enjoy it. The note was on the counter when I went to wipe it down after closing. You give me hope. Thanks for feeding me with love and the coffee. I don't know who left it, I don't know what happened that day to prompt the customer to snatch the sticky pad and permanent marker from beside the register and scrawl those words. But in that moment, as I held that tiny slip of paper between my fingers, I felt like someone had seen us. I mean, sure, lots of people pass through the doors of the cafe. Some stay for a meal, some hang out at the counter and drink coffee with the regulars. Some are there to buy our farm-raised meats to take home and cook. Lots of people see us. But my family's choice to pull espresso shots, bake fresh croissants every Saturday at dawn, or flip grass-fed burgers for the lunch crowd has been about more than improving our farm's bottom line. It's about giving our community a little boost, creating a space for neighbors to chat, helping newcomers find trailheads and swimming holes, and reminding the world that our town is a sacred space 
worthy of love and protection. More than that, the cafe has become an extension of Bob's in my home kitchen, a place where we can offer up nutrient-dense food served with so much love that it nourishes and restores body, mind, and spirit. Actually, the cafe is an extension of our entire family. Our daughters work the espresso bar and wait tables. Mom hosts. Dad comes in after chores to help wash dishes and do short-order cooking. Bob and I cook all week to be ready for Saturdays. Then we clean floors, scrub toilets, and plan menus, just like we do at home. Surely, there are lots of mom-and-pop businesses across the world doing something like what we're doing. Why, then, did this customer need to write that note? Whoever it was had recognized something. While I didn't fully understand, I treasured it and taped it up beside the register. I think that note was a harbinger that I was to be visited by three spirits. A few months later, prior to the COVID-19 outbreak, Anthony and his wife stopped by the cafe for lunch. He's our coffee roaster. Anthony and Vivian live just outside of Harlem, and they have a little farmhouse up here to escape to when they need to get away from the hustle. Anthony was stocking up on chickens, eggs, and steaks before going home when he paused and stood still at the counter. There's this couple, he started. I really wish you could talk to them. Anthony sees lots of small businesses in his line of work as he delivers fresh roasted coffee to restaurants and cafes throughout New York. I don't know, he second-guessed himself. I guess it's too late, really. They're already going out of business. But you'd have had a lot in common. They cared a lot about good food, too, and I just wish... I just wish you could have talked. I think you could have helped them. We could have helped? They felt like they had to make a choice, he explained. Their business or their family. And you guys? Well, you just seem to get energy from all this. It doesn't feel like you're making that choice. It's like the business makes your family stronger. He didn't say anything more, but I saw him glance up at the note taped beside the register before he left. I tried to think about what the differences might have been, what lessons we've learned that would justify Anthony's observation. I began writing down some ideas. A few months later, I received an email from one of my longtime readers and a fellow mom. Like me, she has had to negotiate our culture's expectations that an educated woman needs to have a job to have worth, even when her children needed her to be fully present at home. Like me, she still felt called to make her mark on the world, but that mark should make the world friendlier to families on the planet, not shred them to pieces. Speaking of her conversations with her peers, she wrote, I feel like we're all being asked to show up right now in ways we may have never imagined. In doing so, a lot of us are searching for ways to exist outside of the corporate, capitalistic, hierarchical structures that we were born into. This is a topic among my friends. Not only are we being asked to show up as herbalists, ancestral nutritionists, therapists, or self-taught teachers, but as mothers. We're trying to negotiate how to show up to this work that feels so important without undervaluing ourselves and the systems that don't value us. She was writing to ask a question, but maybe it was more of a challenge. How do you negotiate the time and energy cost of your soul's work, especially from your perspective as someone who runs many entrepreneurial ventures and has been experimenting with balancing those ventures with a fully lived life? 
I think we desperately need to hear what you have to say. And there was that darn note again, swirling in my brain. How in the face of crisis and economic hardship and cultural upheaval, do we step forward with our callings to give hope and build community? To restore our planet's natural wealth? How do we do it all and still enjoy life and guarantee adequate cash flow? The final spirit visited me at midnight during a party one Christmas Eve. He came in the form of a young organic farmer, a bright spot in our community, a source of pride for all of us. When I picture the future of farming, I picture him and his family. But as I settled in to catch up with him, he took a long draw off his beer and shared with me a litany of woes. He couldn't make ends meet. He didn't have the time he needed for his partner or for his kids. The organic and sustainable farming dream was, in his words, complete and utter bullshit. I couldn't help physically drawing away from him. My life has been built on the organic and sustainable farming dream. But he didn't let me back away. He leaned forward right into my face. I don't know how you're making it, he hissed, but you can't be making it legally. His words sat with me all day on Christmas. When we reopened the cafe the next Saturday, I went in and stared at that note beside my register. That was it. It was time to write. Suddenly, the lessons I needed to share were clear, and I couldn't pour the words onto the page fast enough. Did you like what you heard? Here's how you can help. First, you can just pre-order the book any place you like to buy books. While I'd like to give it away to everyone for free, that doesn't help with raising awareness of it. So please pre-order. Second, if you've pre-ordered and you can help a bit with the publicity, even better. You can help me get the word out and earn a summer-long discount at our online farm store. Details for joining the launch team are at the top of the blog page at sapbush.com. But basically, we're asking you to pre-order a copy of the book, fill out the launch team form, which is found at the top of the sapbush.com blog, promote the book through your social media channels, request the book at your local bookstore and library, and then leave a review wherever the book was purchased. But wait, it gets better. As an expression of my thanks, here's what you will receive in return. A 15% discount code for anything in the online store at sapbushfarmstore.com, good through July 31st. A free digital chapter from the book in advance of the release date. Entry into a giveaway for a signed copy of the book and a throw blanket from my store. Official graphics for sharing on social media. And my favorite part, an invite to an exclusive virtual book club meeting so I can personally answer any questions you may have once you've received your copy. So please sign up. Just go to sapwish.com, click on the blog, and the details are at the top. Friends, the creative work of writing pulls me from bed each morning at unbelievably unreasonable hours. But it is my lens for discovery, for celebration, and for spiritual connection. And that work 
is supported by my patrons on Patreon who pay me a couple of dollars each month to keep these weekly essays flowing in the summer and for the in-depth writing projects that happen during the winter months, a sample of which you just got to hear. So this week's episode is sponsored by all of my patrons. I'm sending a big shout out. Thank you to all of you. I really could not do it without you. Have a great week.